global energy system is undergoing a huge transition, with the costs of renewable energy becoming more competitive versus traditional sources, along with increased public awareness and pressure. Renewable energy is becoming the mainstream energy source for many, no longer an alternative just for the progressive few. Listen each week as Brant Handley and Christian Crown, founding partners of Renew Executive Search, interview renewable energy and sustainability experts that are not only making a difference to the environment, but are also growing successful businesses. Listen and learn about what attracted these experts to renewables, why they've stayed in the sector, and how they are helping renewable companies create a better tomorrow. We know you'll enjoy these stories as much as Brandt and Christian enjoyed recording them. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are looking forward to you joining us as we dive deeper on how renewables are going mainstream. Today's guest is Anton Pottercooper. Anton is the founder and CEO of Bubbles, a company driven to make the food chain more sustainable. Bubbles uses an innovative method of providing extra insulation for greenhouses with soap bubble. This enables the production of high-quality food with muscleless energy and allows for greater vitality in locations that are less than ideal growing conditions. Anton holds a Master in Mechanical Engineering and has 28 years of experience working in innovation and engineering companies. Welcome to the podcast, Anton. Thank you, Christian. Thanks uh, for inviting me. Could you start out by telling us a, a bit about your career and how you found your way into sustainability? Yeah, I can. Uh, I started off as an engineer. Um, um, I'm mar- happily married, two kids, two dogs. Um, been in engineering for large parts of my career. Um, moved over from uh, manufacturing uh, electronic machinery into agricultural machinery. And that's where I ended up in the renewable sector from agriculture into horticulture and organic waste. Um finding that that is a much more challenging place to work than in the, uh, let's say, standard um, standard industry. And how long, remind me, have you been in, in, in that space now? I've been in the uh, renewable sector for, uh, let's calculate, that is at least 12 years, I think now. Uh, well, re- renewable or, let's say, the um, the green industry for about 12 years. Oh, wow. So w- what have attracted you to, and kept you in it for so long? Uh, I think one of the challenges, so I, I like the idea that I'm trying to do something which will make the world uh, a better place. And what I like as an engineer, that it's a challenge to find uh, technologies which will solve all the challenges and especially um, in a economic sustainable way. Because many of the green technologies sometimes tend to be expensive. So the challenge is to find things which work and are also um suited for the econo- econo- economic side. Fantastic. And could you tell us a little bit more about uh, your work at Bubbles? I found it quite interesting, sort of, you're tackling a, a different side from it. Yeah, so uh, what we do, we develop energy-saving greenhouses. Uh, we started um, with the part of the team already, I think, um, more than seven years ago, uh, based on an idea that if you take soap bubbles, they insulate because the air does not move within a soap bubble. So it's a perfect way ah. to create an insulator. Um, and we've developed that idea. It is an existing idea. It was already 30 years old, um, done by a Swedish architect. But we've 
develop that into an industrial product, um, and which makes the um, it gives our uh, our customers the possibility to really make an impact and drop their uh, drop their CO two footprint and energy consumption. Wonderful. So, so how does it work? It's sort of, I'm assuming it's not actual soap bubbles you use today. You've developed the technology a bit more. Well, well the honest answer is actually uh, the, the 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 core of the system is real soap bubbles. Yeah, the is soap it? Is, Amazing. Yeah, it, it it really is. The the soap is not completely uh, stock, but but it's also not dramatically different. Oh, because okay. the trick is, if you blow um, water with the soap, if you blow air through water with soap, you get bubbles. Well, like we may, we all did, I think, as, as like, all, like my son still loves. Yeah, and, they, 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 and the trick is, if you do that, so our roof is a double layer roof, and if the soap bubbles are in between the roof, and there is no wind, etc., they will not break down very fast. So, in actually, they last for easily last for three to four hours. So, if we blow the roof, if we fill it with soap bubbles. The bubbles will stay there for a long time, and the energy uh, energy loss will be very low during that time. Okay, so you, you continuously sort of blow in, sort of. Yes, yeah, so, so we we even don't have to do it. So we we do it uh, two or three times per night, and then during or the cold periods, and during that uh, two to three hours, the uh, insulation factor is about a factor ten higher than in a in the normal situation. And of course, it's sort of temporary or transparent, so you don't end up blocking out sort of sunlight in in a greenhouse. Yeah, thank you, Christian. That's a good good point. So for the for our customers who all grow, uh, in most cases, vegetables in their um, greenhouses, they of course want the sunlight to come through during the day. So insulation is good at night. Insulation is good when when it's very cold, but for the majority of the time, they want their greenhouse to be as transparent as possible. Wonderful. And how is this being perceived in the market? Because I, I, what I love is sort of the simplicity, right, of the idea. We all played with soap bubbles, <laughs> uh, but sort of still taking that idea and getting into sort of an, an industrial product must be must be quite the journey. Yeah, there's a, so the the the, um, the 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 challenge is that the base technology is is fairly straightforward, but the challenge lies in how to manage and then how to maintain the bubbles and how to maintain the climate in the greenhouse. So the uh, the concept is strong because it's simple, but the the actual execution is one of the um, one of that's the challenges. Where it complex. Yeah, that's where the uh, that's where the yeah. Well, I think we'll come back to that in this podcast. That's where the that's <laughs> sure. that's where real uh, the real world kicks in. Yeah, but maybe that's sort of a good segue into that sort of sort of. You have those soap bubbles. I, I mean, how do you go about it? Sort of, do you, you are you are currently in production, right? You have some facilities up and running and. Yeah, so we're now a small company with seven engineers. So we work on product development and we we sell to customers who are also part of the development yet. So we are we are really a scale up. So we we, we yeah. do make sales, uh, but we are still in development because we want to improve on the products, which means we cooperate strongly uh, with our customers yeah. at this moment. Wonderful. Could you tell us a bit about some of those those pilot projects or early stage projects, sort of uh, how you're overcoming the challenges and, and really working with the clients to sort of develop and the impact you're having? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I'll do that. The um, so we started with a small project in Norway. Um, there we uh, there part of so the part of the original team split because of the decision was if you want to make money you need to go for larger scale. So. We continued with part of that team, so the rest are still all on board. And we started to develop a project with a university in Poland to to test the product and to see if it really would work also for commercial environments. 
And uh, that product, that pilot went pretty well. And then we found a number of uh, customers in Norway who were interested. They came over to Poland, saw our um, our pilot greenhouse, and then decided to invest um, quite heavily in a demonstrator unit. So uh, we uh, at Tunsberg, which is about an hour's drive from Oslo, we have a a huge demonstrator of 1,500 square meters uh, of our technology together with our customer. Yeah, fantastic. And sort of, how big are those bubbles? Actually, sort of, or the insulated roof is sort of, I guess you have a double roof or something on, on the greenhouse, or it's just because I grew up with a greenhouse and that was many years ago now? <laughs> no, no it, it's a double, it, so there's a double roof in the greenhouse. The bubbles are somewhere between, uh, let's say, one centimeter to five centimeters, uh, depending a little bit on temperature and and and, and age. And, uh... Fantastic. And so, is it normal to have double roofs, or is that something you have to install as well for your clients? Or, or... No, that, that's that's a good point. So, for, for our customers, there are two things where we uh, cooperate strongly. The, our customer Reclima uh, cooperates strongly. The, our customer Reclima normally have um, their their greenhouse will be open big part of the time because if you if you don't do so, you'll um, it will overheat. So their behavior is normally they heat a lot to keep it warm at night, and during the day they ventilate a lot to keep it cool and dry. Uh-huh, okay. So with our system is is both the other way around. So you don't lose energy at night. That is uh, okay. And we need to get rid of uh, the heat and the humidity during the day, which allows them to keep their greenhouse closed uh, for a longer time and work on a, we'll work with a better growing climate. Wonderful. And what kind of sort of impact do you have? Because one of the things I was a bit surprised about, uh, sort of when we spoke before the podcast and sort of reading up on it, it's quite sort of energy intensive, many of the greenhouses sort of. Yeah, they're extremely energy intensive. So it's not strange to consume somewhere between 30 to 50 cubic meters of natural gas per year uh, per square meter. Wow. Which would mean if you, you compare, I know the number for the Dutch horticulture industry, yeah. they're... Uh, their CO2 output is by as a result of their energy consumption is over 5 million tons of CO2 every year. And the big impact for our customers, if they use our technology, they can drop uh, their energy consumption by 80% and they can even drop their CO2 consumption to zero. So they can really be completely carbon neutral. Wow, that's amazing. That's a so, uh, substantial drop and amazing. Yeah, and I guess it is. also come with qu- quite a bit of cost saving. Obviously, it's a system cost something to install, but sort of... Yeah. So the, the yeah. So the, the, they make a huge. So because energy is a huge part of their operational cost, about thirty uh, percent. With our savings, means they can drop their operational cost by about twenty percent, and um, that that gives them a huge saving. Yeah, because that must be quite a big big cost for them, and sort of yeah. a, a huge competitive advantage in a sort of very competitive food industry, and also help milk. Yes. So th- yeah, that's the, that's the interesting. So it it gives them a price advantage. And or the the uh, I think the opportunity to go to higher value crops because they can they can run all year round mm-hmm. and they can decide that they will even accept that part of their margin is used for instance to grow crops with a higher price yeah. per kilo better quality uh, vegetables wonderful and is this something that would have sort of a, uh, a wide well, sort of wide adaptation you think sort of is it easy to install do you need to sort of you know can you can you retrofit it, so to speak? No, I think retrofit is a theoretical is possible, but in most cases it's easier to go for greenfields. That's also what most growers do. They 
they tend to sell off their old greenhouses or even they disassemble them and move them to uh, to countries with a lower uh, with lower cost levels mm-hmm. and then they build a new one on the uh, on the existing location so they, in most cases Brownfield, they would, the greenfield yeah, developers yeah. have to come in on oh, okay that's interesting well, what are some of the obstacles you see sort of uh, for, for your technology yeah, so if I'm honest, there are two uh, important obstacles. At this moment, our cost price is still on the high side, so customers can make money, but we, the investment level is high, so it means a challenge for them mm. that they need to convince, convince financiers that they, they need to raise the money. And since our system uh, allows you to operate in different modes, it also means you need to uh, understand and find out how, how you can do that with your uh, the crop you're growing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and but I think the first one is that the financial risk goes up, and um, the, the the food industry has not been a very healthy financially healthy industry. Prices are not very no. uh, well healthy. Uh, good. It's a tough business. Yeah, it's quite a tough because it's a commodity, and I think getting out of commodity is the um, so beyond getting a lower cost price, getting out of commodity is I think one of the uh, opportunities we offer. Yeah, it's really a sort of a story we've heard across sort of renewable and sustainable products, really sort of that cost journey of starting out and bringing costs down. Are you sort of early in that development or are you sort of quite a bit there? It's a long way to go. No, I, I, I think we're, we're sort of halfway. We made quite a big step, but we do need to make more steps. Um, and I think for for the company in the short run, that's not a major problem because there are some growers who um, who really want to make a difference and are able to do so financially. Um, so they have the, let's say, the investment power to do so. But for a larger market uptake, we do need to we do need to drive down the price. Okay, so it's it's interesting. You know, sort of as how you mentioned because when when we spoke before, I initially thought of this product sort of as sort of a northern European product because of the cooler climates but i guess the nights can be quite cold cool in southern europe as well so i guess that could have a huge impact there or or how does that really work in sort of reality yes no that's a very interesting point i i think if you would go uh, there are a number of large regions in the world where crops are grown uh, like you say where the night temperatures are low um, and the other way around where the solar energy during the summer days might even be too much so then we can also use the bubbles to shade Oh, okay. So they can sort of have a dual purpose. Yeah, they have a dual purpose. And um, the reason why we now focus on Northwest Europe is since we're still in development, we want to be close to the customer. So uh, going far or further away would would make our um, company less, well, let's say, efficient or effective. Yeah. But no, there sense. absolutely are, and there are some regions in the world where they... Um, where food production is indeed very vulnerable to um, to all sorts of climate changes. Of course. And I guess yeah. that this could help as well here, your system, and really reduce environmental impact, while at the same yeah. time reducing cost. Yeah. It's just sort of the best combo you really want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's double. And, and it allows them to close their greenhouse so they don't need chemicals to pesticides to kill insects. So there are some other nice um, extra gains. How do your clients or customers really think about this product? What, have, what we've heard from for other people we talk to on the podcast is often you know, we can save on the environmental CO2, we can save costs, but a lot of people initially think it's, it's almost too good to be true. Have you encountered that as well? 
No, I think the so, so the reason why we talk or why we get engaged with customers in market because they think about the energy saving. The moment they go into our greenhouse, they see that the climate behavior is is dramatically different and, and allows them to play in a different a different field. So if I see what the discussions I have with my current customer is mainly about which opportunities can we can we get out of this 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 nice growing climate insight. So how how can we win with this new uh, let's say a set of tools? So it's rethinking the whole growing process and sort of how, how it works and, and which optimal crops. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it it, 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 it it's not necess- necessary to do so, but I think the because they all would like to get out of this deadlock of being a commodity. The uh, if you can upsell your products being organic and being uh, carbon neutral, that is a that is a nice challenge uh, or let's say a nice opportunity to to take. And otherwise, I, I come. I have a way back when sort of an, an background in operations, and sort of playing with soap bubbles, sort of on that home. Sort of they seem sort of very unstable. Well, um, how do you actually do that? Because I guess you have to sort of control the environment, make them stable so they they hold. Is that a challenge or? Yeah, the, the, to make them, um, let's say, them not, not burst. <laughs> for like yeah, a, probably the wrong technical term. But. To make it consistent is our, yeah. is our is our let's the biggest challenge is to make sure that the bubbles are the same, independent on what the weather in inside or outside, so the climate inside or the weather outside is. That is the big. That's one of the big challenges, and and we do need to take care because especially in uh, north, really northern like Oslo, uh, Norway. Uh, of course, the winters can be really cold, so we also need to manage that. Um, yeah, so I think the outside, the weather is our bigger challenge. So the, the, uh, the temperature and the solar radiation are the ones we need to manage. And that's something sort of that the, the system does automatically or does need ongoing adjustments? Or No, that, that let's say on a day-to-day basis that runs automatically, but we are, of course are developing. And, and one of my engineers is really having his office in the greenhouse of our customer. So he's... He's working He's on there. that. Yeah, F- figuring day. out how, how yeah. to do that. Yeah, uh, to improve day by day. Yeah, impressive, impressive. Sort of really a, a sort of taking an everyday product as a soap bubble and sort of going all in on the engineering side of of making it stable. Yeah, I think that's part of the story. It, it is about going all in on the engineering. So the the idea is nice, but the the long term success is, is in the uh, the amount of energy uh, you put in. I've actually never heard of anyone else do it this way. I do, have have you got any competitors? Are you sort of alone in the field? Uh, there are many. Well, no, there there are a number of others who tried, uh, yeah. and they all um, they all stopped doing it for all sorts of reasons. Mm-hmm. So I think what st- what makes it stand out first of them is that we continue to work on it and perfecting uh, it. Yeah, perfecting it day by day, and sometimes that hurts. That means sometimes something happens which you do do not uh, expect or don't want, and then um, to continue to go and put your energy in it. That is, I think, the um, the important uh, difference. Of course, of course. Well, where do you think your technology will be in the next three to five years? Sort of, will we see greenhouses with this system installed, sort of uh, across Europe, or uh, how does the future look? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think um, so. I would expect that if I see where we are now talking for Northwest Europe for sure, yeah. uh, there will be projects in almost all countries uh, because we, we do have a lot of um, attention. Um, attention. Yeah, at that's moment. fantastic. Really exciting to hear sort of uh, what's coming.
It's big fun. Yeah. So, and you you will be developing it yourself and sort of taking it out to market. Yeah, for now we do, but we do cooperate strongly with a number of uh, suppliers um, in 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 the field. But on the sales side, we do because one of the things we believe at this moment in time, it is super important to be close to your customer and know what is going on. So that yeah. it's maybe more troublesome. It will take us a little bit more time, uh, but to be in touch with your customer to develop your product, I think is that it's the only way. So to have somebody in between there would be, um, I think, would not be wise. Fantastic. And it was really interesting to hear how you say you're sort of an engineering-focused company and the importance of really uh, keep going at it. When you get obstacles, you have to sort of overcome them. Um, at, as you know, sort of at Venue Executive Church, we work both with clients and candidates who are really seeking out to grow their businesses or their career in this field. What kind of qualification uh, do you see is needed to really succeed in this space or sort of in the renewable, sustainable space? I think you need to have a um, sort of, uh, you, you need to be convinced that in the long run you will succeed or that in the long run we, we, we will be able to reduce our carbon footprint because it's there are not there are not many really fast wins. So I think the you need to be able to work with a horizon which is in the year's uh, uh, order of magnitude. So if, if, if you need very short reward cycles in your brain, let's say, or in your yeah. motiv- motivation, I think there are, there's still too much to be done for many of the renewables. If you see some of the technologies, how long it took for them to have a real successful uptake, like solar panels, they've been around for, what is it, 15 years. And yeah, but so it's really only the last 10, in, they've made a gigantic yeah. leap. And I think that's something which you, yeah, you need to be uh, motivated to do something like that. To really have that passion and drive and persistence and that. Uh, Sort of the flip side of it. Yeah, pers- of, uh, uh, yeah, I think the persistence is important. Wonderful. Just keep keep going at it. Don't give up. There might be obstacles, but uh, just got to keep moving ahead. You also worked in different industries, right? Sort of. Uh, how do you think this is, might be different to other sectors from work from working perspective? I think the the level of organization is uh, still lower. The level of regulation is is lower. So, so I've, I've worked for semiconductor industry, which is a very highly regulated uh, industry. Um, so that's that's where I mean sometimes things are not defined, and also because you're breaking boundaries, sometimes you end up in uh, a region or or I call it a field of expertise where there might be laws or regulations you need to be aware of so you you, you can't just do anything you like of course <laughs> no but sometimes you have to keep going and pushing some boundaries and and getting yeah, yeah, and, and, and getting overcome and then, the challenges yeah and, great and i mean sometimes you really need to uh, if somebody says yeah but that might be an, so you need to filter out that what are the real issues if there's something let's say yeah. safety related there's of course no discussion that you don't want to you of don't want to be in, a, in that ri- but sometimes people will be concerned because you take a risk but that's not the same as be, same as being unsafe no, no. That's, you, you do need to balance that uh, yeah so really sort of understand go behind the no figure out what's going on yeah yeah what's correct. driving yeah yeah the, 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 what they call the three times why so why is it and then because in the end somebody might really have a point which you need to take into account and sometimes might be based on whatever um uh pre-assumed uh, things yeah wonderful and sort of lastly do you have any any words of advice or counsel you would give to anyone looking to a sort of either grow their renewables career or perhaps get into the industry for the first time 
Yeah, I, I think you need to, uh, but that, that you need to do it because you feel it will give you uh, energy and, um, and, and and step in there for passion. Um, because I think that's what that's what makes it. What for at least for me makes it big fun to be in this industry. And uh, and and the challenge is it it helps a lot if you're open to new things because there's a lot going on. So you need to be open. I open agile. Yeah, yeah, be absolutely agile. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Anton Paterhuber. Uh, founder and CEO of Bubbles. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast today and really look forward to following your uh, Bubbles and, and seeing how you're transforming the, the greenhouse industry and sector, making it green and, and cheaper for everyone. Thank you. Well, Christian, thanks a lot for your time. I, I really liked it. It's also always good to uh, think with a look, look at your own activities with a different uh, set of glasses on. Yeah. So thanks, for, thanks for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Renewables Going Mainstream with Brand Hanley and Christian Crown, partners at Renew Executive Search. We hope you enjoyed hearing our renewable industry experts' stories as much as we enjoyed recording them. If you want to learn more about this fast-growing sector and learn how you can become more involved, please subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brand, Christian, Renewable Executive Search and the booming renewables industry, visit www.goforrenew.com. That's www.go, the number four, renew.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode of Renewables Going Mainstream.